Shives, Harden, get your butts in here. Yes, sir. You are here at the top pod because you are the best of the best podcast movie reviewers. So can you explain to me what in the blinking blue blazes happened on your last podcast? We saw the review and we took it, sir. Even though you knew classic movies were not to be reviewed. Yes, sir. We just wanted to be the best. Even though it cost your co-host's life. Um, I, I, I'm still alive, sir. Shut up! Harding knows what the risks are, sir. I'm standing right here! You two are dangerous! Now we are going to listen to your podcast and go over every little thing that you did wrong. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Hello everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we're taking a classic movie from the 1980s. Isn't that right, Steve? Oh boy, yeah, it was an up and down decade, wasn't it? Reagan was president, we all had huge boners for the military, and nobody to fight, really. (laughs) Come on, Russia, do something. Please! Make a move! We dare ya! <laughs> We're so horny for a war, please do something. And so, in light of that, they start making movies where we fought somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Just dudes flying planes where they weren't supposed to. And the movie we're reviewing this time around is Top Gun. Oh yeah. So- Steve, do you have any trivia in regards to Top Gun? Before I tell all the nice people, who made this piece of sh- Who made this movie? <laughs> I have a little bit, actually, and it's the, the trivia I am, I am choosing to, to share with our, our good listeners is mostly about uh, the soundtrack of the movie, which is, is very, <laughs> very legendary for its, mm. you know, and uh, it's sort of the quintessential 80s action movie soundtrack. Mm. And. But the, the interesting thing is, uh, a lot of people before this movie was made didn't expect it to be that big of a hit. So a few bands were approached to contribute to the soundtrack, and they said no, because they Ooh. figured they figured the movie was, wasn't going to be a big movie. For instance, uh, they asked Judas Priest to contribute oh. a song. Judas Priest said, good. yeah, Judas Priest said, no, we're not going to contribute a song to your flop Air Force movie. <laughs> Come on. Excuse me, Naval Aviator movie. That's right. Um, and, and of course, it turned out to be a big hit. Uh, they also, they tried to get a Brian Adams song. And Brian Adams would not, which which one? Yeah. Um, let me see. I have to check my... I wear my... my sunglasses at night. Is that Brian Adams? No, um, that's not Brian Adams. They all kind of melt together for me. No. Towards they, the end of the 80s. <laughs> they, they wanted to use uh, Only the Strong Survive by Brian know. Adams. No. He said He said no... Because he didn't want to contribute a song to a movie that glorifies war. Good for you, Brian Adams. Good he's Canadian, for, isn't yes, he? Yes, absolutely. His, good for him and his pure Canadian heart. That's right. Uh, he's like, look, eh, I don't like Americans, I guess. Hey, we got our independence through legislation, eh? We didn't have to have a revolution. When you make a movie about a renegade hockey player who doesn't play by the rules, then give me a call. Yeah, that's as far as Canada's comfortable going. You know? Well, I've had about enough of the mo- the m- music movie trivia, Steve. <laughs> well, I don't this, care. 
One more thing, though. One more thing. This is this this is the yes. thing that I found the most interesting. Did you know that Kenny Loggins was not the original choice to record Danger Zone? Who was? They, they well, according to to the trivia page on IMDb, they were considering. Uh, before they got, before they gave the gig to Kenny Loggins, they were considering. Frank Stallone. Yeah, well, wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> <laughs> Little Richard. Um, no, they, they were they. The, the, these two are almost as ridiculous. They they were considering Toto. Oh yeah, Dangerous Zone oh. doesn't really strike me as a Toto song, but whatever. Um, and <laughs> and Ario Speedwagon. Oh yeah, Ario Speedwagon. That'd be great. So imagine that, and then and then listen to the Kenny Loggins version. So there you go. There's your there's your there's your trivia. The the soundtrack for Top Gun that almost was. Ugh. Let's get on with the people let's, who made this movie. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. It was directed by Tony Scott, also known as Ridley Scott Light. Oh, oh so light, <laughs> so paper thin you can read through it. <laughs> Not the personal Tony. I know you're dead. <laughs> but uh, you were you were kind of like the Michael Bay before Michael Bay. Oh, he was, yeah. It's like someone took Tony Scott and perfected him and created Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because and because when, when Tony Scott kind of faded away, it was like Jerry Bruckheimer just was like, "I need another one." Yeah, that's right. Michael Bay, get your ass over here. It was produced by serial bad movie makers Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, who also produced Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys, The Rock. And every single goddamn Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm-hmm. It was written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Now, they're writing partners. You know what else they wrote? What else did they wrote? Anaconda. Oh, well, well, <laughs> well hey, at least there's one. And Anaconda 2. <laughs> oh. I can't vouch for Anaconda 2, but Anaconda 1 is, uh, is quality cheese in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, and it stars Tom Cruise as Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell, Kelly McGillis as Charlotte, I swear to God this is in there, Charlotte Charlie Blackwood. Her call sign should have been Charlotte the girl in the movie Blackwood. (laughs) Exactly. Val Kilner as Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kaczynski, Anthony Edwards as Lieutenant Junior Grade Nick Goose's Cooked Bradshaw. <laughs> Sorry, his name is Goose. Yeah. Tom Skerritt as Commander Mike Viper Metcalf. Michael Ironsides. I'm sorry, I went someplace. I love Michael Ironsides so he much. Is, he is quite good. As, uh, I'm not quite sure, is Lieutenant Commander? Yeah, I guess he's yeah. Lieutenant Commander Rick Jester Heatherly. John Stockwell as Lieutenant Bill Cougar Cortell. Barry Tubb as Lieutenant Junior Grade Leonard Wolfman Wolf. Rick Rosovich as Lieutenant Junior Grade Ron Slider Kerner. Tim Robbins. <laughs> Tim. As Lieutenant Junior Grade Sam Merlin Wells. Clarence Gilliard Jr. as Lieutenant Junior Grade Marcus Sundown Williams. Whip Hubley as Lieutenant Rick Hollywood Nevin. James Tolkien as Commander Tom Stinger Jardian? I guess this isn't, I don't know. (laughs) Meg Ryan as Carol Future Widow Bradshaw. (laughs) Adrian Pastar as Lieutenant Charles Chipper Piper. And Duke Stroud as Air Boss Commander Johnson. That's the guy who gets coffee spilled on him repeatedly, right? Yeah, for some reason. For some reason. Because it's hilarious, I guess. It's the funniest joke in the whole movie. 
Synthesizer by Harold Faltermeyer and Giorgio Moroder. There is not there's not a symphony in this. It is a it is a synthesized 80s score, is it not? Steve? Oh my god, yes. I don't know if there's an actual <laughs> musical instrument to be heard throughout the entire running time of this film. <laughs> Why make things seem big and cinematic when you can just have a guy fuck around by slapping his dick on a keyboard for two hours? <laughs> hey, Why not work. permanently date your movie? That's what this musical score does. Well, I mean, they barely needed the score anyway because they used that same music cue from Danger Zone like 20 times. Or Take Your Breath Away. That's, yeah. Oh, boy, they get their Jesus. money's worth. They, hey, they, hey, we license these songs and damn it, we're going to use them. Cinematography, Jeffrey L. Kimball, edited by Chris Lebenzon and Billy Weber. Production company, Simpson Bruckheimer, distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was released on May 16th, 1986. Running time, 110 minutes. Box office, 15 million. I'm sorry. No, that was the budget. Well, if it was a box office of 15 million, we'd never... We'd never... No, Let's I'm go. sorry I reversed it. <laughs> Let's go back in time and make the box office $15 million. <laughs> Budget, $15 million. Box office, $356 million. So it was real popular, wasn't it, Steve? Oh, God, yes. Yes, it was. And while it never had a sequel, people have been talking about one since... Fucking forever, in, including now, they're talking about doing a, a Top Gun sequel. I know that Tom Cruise desperately wants one because he sees the sunset of his career approaching, and it doesn't matter how many CGI guys can make him look young in a movie, he's getting tired and he's getting old, aren't, aren't, aren't you, Tom? You're getting tired and you're getting old. I'm sorry about the mummy, Tom, but someone should have told you it was a bad idea. <laughs> you should have read the script, Tom. Yeah. Like, who who reads that script and goes, oh, I've got to do this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Let's put on our flight suits. Okay. Let's put on our helmets that have our call signs on it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Our custom-painted helmets that we get from somewhere. I'm sure, I'm sure well, Navy people know where you get those helmets. Well, yeah, you go to the custom-painted Navy helmet store. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a guy in every, on every aircraft carrier... Yeah, with a little booth and a and an airbrush. <laughs> yeah, and that's his job. He gets paid. We pay yeah. him. That's where our tax dollars go. Yeah. Well, you want stripes? What, Merlin? You want some magic shit? Okay. Here you go. What's that? Is that good? You know what? If I was that paint guy, I would be putting. It would be like uh, the side of a van from the 1970s. It would have like a big wizard and like a naked lady on the side. <laughs> a polar bear like <laughs> leaping out. Oh, that would be good. A polar bear. Rawr. Maverick would have Jim Garner on the side of it. <laughs> this this elegantly detailed Jim Garner portrait on the side of his <laughs> on the side of his <laughs> arm. All right, let's do it. Are you ready to do this? Let's do ready it. Ready to do this fucking movie? Ah ah ah! Don't spoil it. Fuck! I don't care. Don't, Everyone knows how I feel. Don't spoil our review. Fuck you, Top Gun. <laughs> I want my morning back. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry, yeah, we won't spoil it. I could love it. This could all, this could be a smoke screen. 
for my undying love. You, everyone thought I was going to uh, hate Armageddon. That's true. Including Steve. That's true. <laughs> you you, you double-crossed us all on when that When he one. found out that I actually gave it a positive review, uh, as soon as we stopped recording, he wept. Wept <laughs> right there at his desk. He's like, I can't believe I'm doing a show with someone who loves Armageddon. <laughs> I punched and he grabbed my shotgun, and I had to talk him down. It was a long day, guys. It was a long day. <sighs> I punched my microphone. I threw down my headset. Well, the his wife ran into the one. room, wrestled him to the ground, said not again, put a popsicle <laughs> stick in his mouth. <laughs> the outtakes from that one are gold. The outtakes from that one are going to be used in court. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> you ready? We're going to do, do it. it. Let's, okay, who's co-pilot? You are. Sure. You get to sit backwards behind me. I get to do a, a, a job that is never made explicitly clear in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a guy who sits behind you and looks around. <laughs> I'm just company. I'm just someone to talk to in case the radio goes out. <laughs> I am the radio. You, you sit there and you make... <laughs> and you start singing songs. That's why he's constantly singing in the movie. That's why Goose is always singing something. <laughs> sing for me, Goose. <laughs> what do you want me to sing? <laughs> Sing the hits of the 60s, 70s, and today. <laughs> All right, let's come on. We're avoiding it. We got to okay, do this. Yeah, okay. We got this We got this movie in our sights. <laughs> We've got we target got a, lock. We got a target lock. I'm going to shoot it with so many missiles. <laughs> All right. Let's go into the world of Top Gun. Steve, take it away. Okay, so... This movie, I have to give it credit. It it doesn't beat around the bush. It lets you know exactly what it's going to be from the very beginning. Because, because they make you read. Well, <laughs> well, first there's 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 like a little opening title that explains what Top Gun is, which is that it's because like we'd the, never figure it out. Yeah, it's not it's not as if there's a scene ten minutes into the movie that explains exactly what that is. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it just uh, Top Gun is the name for the the Navy's elite fighter pilot school that they started during Vietnam because apparently fighter pilots started to suck during Vietnam, so they were like, "We need to start a school," and they started a school, and it's called mm-hmm. Top Gun. End of That's story. That's something that we actually don't need anymore because there is no one that can match our aerial firepower. Yay, sorry. USA! <laughs> we. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just going to put it right out there on Front Street. There is nobody. That matches us in the air that can fight us. Our our planes are too fast, and we like drones now. Yeah, we're like, go ahead, shoot it down. <laughs> fuck it. We don't it's fucking not like care. It's got a little drone family that's going to weep for it. <laughs> I've, I've got another one right here. Go, go. Tell you right now, you shoot it down, and there's just some guy in Nevada who who's who's at a at a at a fucking video game console, right. and he goes, no. <laughs> hey, I'll let you in a little secret. They don't even know they're flying real planes. No. They, they think it's all a training exercise. They've killed hundreds of people. They have no idea. All right, okay. Alex Jones. Just get on with the movie. Okay, so so and and, and then after after that little opening uh title and we and the, the you know, the top gun title, uh and we the cu- synthesizer music. The synthesizer music and we, we cut straight to fighter jet porn. Which yeah, we is, go straight to that Danger Zone song. Oh, it's yeah, Danger Zone fires up, and you see. I hope, I really hope, all of you who watched the movie like seeing shots of silhouetted planes taking off at sunset or because, sunrise. That, which seems to be the only time they ever do anything when they're taking off or landing. It's always like yeah. you know, with the golden if you guys sky love, behind them. If if you guys like to jerk it, watching flight deck personnel get jets ready, oh boy, and it's orange. This movie is for you. That's because, yeah, they do this a lot. 
Um, so we see the planes taken off for about, it, it's probably only two or three minutes, but it feels like about an hour. They and, tell us it's, it's the Indian Ocean. Yeah, the Indian Ocean present day. Mm-hmm. In case you were confused by the, the opening title card talking about Vietnam. You're like, no, yeah. just just so everybody knows, this is right. present day. Um, just in case you're afraid that in World War II or in the Civil War, we had uh, aircraft carriers and fighter jets, they let us know. <laughs> it's present day. Now, yeah. that gets a little confusing because present day means 2017. But no, no, no. What they mean is present day back in 1986. Yes, present day contemporary to the release of the film. Right, exactly. not present day now. If no. you watch this and you go, wait, when was this made? And you get all confused, just go ahead and take the movie out and smash it into a million pieces. Yeah, just, just, just stop it. Just stop. It. Whatever you're going through emotionally is not The movie's not worth lying it. to you, everybody. It's lying to you. It's, it's not present day. No, no. It's, it's just, it's built from lies. <laughs> um, so okay, so so the planes uh, yeah. take off, and then we see the planes actually in the air, and right. and this is where we meet uh, Maverick and Goose, who fly together in their plane, uh, which their 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 combined call sign is Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost and, Rider. And then also up there with them are two other guys in another plane, uh, Cougar and Merlin. And they're in plane uh, meaningless side character. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But what happens, Steve? Oh. There's bogeys from uh, Badlandia coming. <laughs> yes, from from a, a a an unidentified hostile country. No, I'm identifying it. The movie may not bother to figure out what country these MIGs are from, but they're from the country of Badlandia because I refuse to play their little game of they're from someplace. Yeah, I don't know where they're from. Right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the original script, it was supposed to be North Korea. But they, but they, yeah, yeah. But they realize that North Korea doesn't have, a, like, how, yeah, North Korea an Air Force. North Korea can't buy rice. How are they going to buy they, fucking MIGs from Russia? If they cut to the North Korean Air Force, it would be a biplane and a guy with a bomb in one hand throwing it at the. It's, at the <laughs> it's Kim Jong Un with a radio-controlled flyer. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> So, yeah, so then a bunch of shit happens, and it ends with an awful special effects shot where Maverick does this thing where he inverts his plane going at Mach 4, and then he hovers above the other plane so that he can look down into the cockpit of that plane, and uh, Goose, who always apparently carries a Polaroid camera with him no matter where he goes, even when he's on a mission, takes a picture of the plane, and uh, Maverick flips him off, right? Yeah. 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 And then the 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 MIGs fly away. Yeah. They're like this. America wins. Yay. We <laughs> take that Badlandia. Yeah. Go back to wherever it is you come from. Yeah. Bad Badlandistan. Badlandistan. Yeah. There. Yeah. It. I'm sure it has a stand in it. <laughs> Just guessing. Um, yeah. And then. But something but, bad happens. Well, yeah, because they're they're on their way. They're low on fuel, so they're on their way back to their aircraft carrier, which, by the way, the USS Enterprise. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Don't say that. Why are you hurting me? <laughs> and but what happens is uh, Cougar and I want to call it something else. I cannot do the rest of this review thinking that okay. that's the USS. Okay, Enterprise. Well, I've it's, been it's, on the USS Enterprise. That is no. It's the USS Voyager. No, it's the USS American <laughs> Boner. The that's USS what we're calling American. it. The USS War is awesome. <laughs> 
Um, so he's about to land on the on the American boner, yeah. and something's wrong with Cougar. Yeah, Cougar is is really not handling the close encounter with those bogies at all well. No, and he's like the, the bogies from Badlanistan were coming in behind him, yeah. and they were uh, like he thought he was going to get shot down. Yeah, and then he saw a picture of his wife, and and he's like having a freak out. Yeah, and so so Maverick and Goose are about to land, but then Maverick's like, I can't leave Cougar back there, and he takes That's back right, off. because Maverick is a flying psychiatrist. Yeah, and I think, as and as we will see throughout this movie, it's Maverick's caring and compassion that really define him as a person. So Say he, that again, and I'm going to throw up. So, so he I takes, will throw up on this microphone. <laughs> he takes, he lands for like 10 seconds and then takes right back off. No, he and, doesn't even, he, he uh, okay, here, here's some stuff. You deploy a tail hook when you land on an aircraft carrier right, right. that catches the cord that slows down your jet. Yeah. He withdraws the tail hook, so he doesn't even he be, like touches down briefly and then takes right off. Yeah, again. pulls right back out, yeah. Yeah. And he flies back up to where Cougar is and he basically talks him down and says, "It's okay, Coog. I'm here, man. It's me, Maverick. We're going to get through this, buddy." Yeah, and- buddy. You lo- you come on, man. I mean, and then he lands. And he lands, and uh, every and then he quits the navy. Yeah, he. The next scene is is Cougar in uh, the commander's office, and he's basically saying, "Fuck this! I have a wife and kids, and I don't want to die, and I quit." I lost my. I lost my edge. I lost me. Yeah, I lost my edge. And so now I'm going to do something that apparently you can do in the military. Yeah. Which is quit. You can just quit. Like it's a fucking job. <laughs> it's, it's a normal job. Yeah, he quit. He threw his his wings down. He walked out of the out of the commander's office. He he climbed up onto the deck and just walked right off the fucking ship. Right, just, he just walked right off the ship with his old briefcase and his his box full of stuff from his from his desk. Because yep. you can just quit the military in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> I think oh, no, I'll just I'll swim to Australia. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but now we've got to establish Maverick as a as a Maverick. Yeah. Yeah, they put a lot of thought into that nickname, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because they... Maverick and Goose come in next, it's their turn to go into the principal's office. And uh, their commander, who is the principal of Hill Valley High, That's right. uh, tells Maverick that nobody named Maverick ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. <laughs> but for some reason, oh no, not for some reason, Cougar was the top uh, pilot on yeah. the aircraft carrier. But now that he's lost his edge... They're the top ones, and they're going. They're going to Top Gun Academy. Yeah, Navy Fighter Weapons School. Yeah, and and that's that's great. And so now we cut to Miramar. Yeah, where Maverick popularizes a sports bike that leads to the deaths of thousands of people in the United States. Yay! I mean, he rides a ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the fastest motorcycle in the world at the time, which people started to say, "Hey, I want one of those." Oh shit, hey, I don't I'm know what gonna I'm going to ride that wearing a tank top and shorts and sandals with my girlfriend who's wearing a bikini. And then when we crash at 80 miles an hour, we don't have any skin left on our body <laughs> because we thought it was cool in that fucking movie. Our remains will be impossible to identify. <laughs> Thanks, Top Gun. Yay. But it's okay, because while I'm getting angry about the sports bike, we cut immediately to Michael Ironside. Yay! And he's Michael Ironside it all over the place. Boy, he is doing everything he can with this barely existent role. Welcome to Top Gun. 
If you fail, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's me saying this, Michael Ironside. Not the character. <laughs> I'll be watching every one of you. They're all sitting in a classroom. Michael Ironside comes out, uses his spooky voice, and then in walks Viper, played by Tom Skerritt. Yes. Who basically tells them, hey, you're the best of the best. And um, that you, you can get become the, the super best and be on this plaque. And then the very best of the best come back here and become instructors. And um, that's a real hero's journey for you. Man, basically, <laughs> come back and become an instructor. Basically, this scene has every '80s virtue in it. It has arrogance, jingoism, and competitiveness, <laughs> and and just just a tiny little smidge of misogyny, because uh, we also in this scene we meet Iceman, who tells now. Goose that the the plaque for the runners up is in the ladies' room. Oh, because <laughs> ladies <laughs> suck. <laughs> that like that base even has a ladies room. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. you, you mean the mop closet? Shut up. So now we go to a bar where we get even more macho posturing between Iceman and and Maverick and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But we can cut to that because oh look, a woman who doesn't appear to be there for any other reason than for to be a love interest for Maverick. Yeah, yeah. And this- so. He, He's got hair on her. Yeah, in a really, really creepy, overbearing way. How does he do it, Steve? Well, so we can take notes so that we know how to meet women in a bar. Uh, he he gets a microphone. I guess this is a karaoke bar. I don't know why else there would be a microphone just laying around. But yeah, he gets a microphone and he puts on uh, that love and feeling, mm-hmm. and he goes up to this woman who is who, which is uh, Charlie Charlotte Blackwood and yeah. and he kind of taps her on the shoulder and she turns around and he starts singing this song to her and uh. and about halfway through or when he hits the first chorus like every other dude in the bar joins in yeah, and start and singing, surround her surround and her and start boy boy did that feel unsafe <laughs> yeah singing you've lost that love and feeling and instead of leaving the first chance she got and never coming instead back of scrambling over the bar and running out of the goddamn room yeah and telling the commanding officer of these young naval officers how incredibly inappropriate it was yeah. and how threatened she felt uh she's actually really charmed by it because she's always liked that song i guess uh, yeah and, and maverick talks to her a little bit and then she goes and she meets some dude yeah then she gets up to go to the bathroom and Charlotte needed to prepare to be stalked into the ladies' room. Because that's mm-hmm. not upsetting. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Maverick just walks right into the ladies' room after her. And says, hey, let's fuck hey. right here in the bathroom. Hey. I'm creepy. And she's like, oh, you. <laughs> the look on his face is actually quite terrifying. Yeah, yeah, because like, he's, you know, yeah, seriously, I want to fuck in the bathroom right now. I have, a, I have a $20 bet with my buddy, so let's fuck in the ladies' room. I just followed you in here. Yeah. I followed you into the ladies' room. You're the only woman here. Everyone else is in the Navy like me. (laughs) It'll be my word and their words against yours. Don't want to bring up the tailhook scandal that happened about five years after this. But anyway, um, (laughs) so we cut to the next day and they're in class. And uh, Michael Ironside is like, I have a big surprise for all of you. Here's your instructor, and who's the instructor? You will never believe who it is. 
It's Charlie, the girl from the bar. Oh my god! I know. Can you believe it? Yes, because this movie. Oh boy, the script is. Oh lord! You know that her character is based on a real person, or actual instructor at Top Gun. Really? Yes, really. I can't I don't imagine think she's anything like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that real person was very happy with the portrait. Nope. <laughs> Uh, but now it's time for flying stuff. Yeah, more more plane porn. Yeah, so uh, uh, Maverick and Goose are up there, and they're doing a uh, live exercise against Jester. Yeah. It's Michael Ironside. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I wish Michael Ironside had real bullets in yeah, his goddamn plane. <laughs> hey, hey, do me a favor. Load my plane with live ammo. <laughs> and they fly around, and they fly around, and they fly around, and oh, Maverick wins! Or did he? He 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 cheated. He did something illegal. He took his plane too low. Yeah, yeah. He went below the flight uh, the flight deck the flight thing the hard the hard deck. Yeah, the hard deck. Yeah. And uh, after the flying and everything, um, Iceman is in the locker room. Oh, don't forget he buzzes the tower too. This is where he oh, buzzes, yeah, he the, buzzes tower. the tower. Oh yeah, he buzzes the tower. Because just because he's a dick. Yeah, and when he buzzes the tower, the the guy up in the tower spills coffee on himself and burns himself. Ha ha ha! A second degree burn on his uh, chest. A hard working person with a thankless right. job gets humiliated. Right. So then, uh, Iceman's in there, and it turns out uh, uh, Iceman has a number of ideas about Maverick, and they're all pretty much right on the goddamn nose. <laughs> yes, and everything Iceman says is completely reasonable. He's like, you don't listen. You're dangerous. And I don't think you should be here, or something along those lines. Yeah. And he's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, that's not how this works. <laughs> the, the the bad guy isn't supposed to be the one who is saying, I care about the other people here, and I think you're too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> See, what our job is, is that we try to protect each other. We try to protect the millions upon millions of dollars that are invested into the airplanes we fly. <laughs> Which, by the way, you didn't pay for. The American people did. Are you even listening to me, Maverick? What are you doing? You're looking at yourself in the mirror. Okay. Sorry. I'm, Whatever. I'm the dick in this. Is that what this is? I'm the dick? Okay. Can you blame me? I'm mid-80s Tom Cruise. Excuse me a second. <laughs> so, Maverick and Goose called up to the commander's office. In there, we see that Coffee Ma- uh, coffee Tower Man wants butts. Yeah. He's like, I want butts! And because also, I want people to be punished for what happened earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and also... <laughs> and they get told that they broke the rules of engagement, and that was bad, and that's not what they're supposed to be doing, and you guys need to listen. Get prepared for that, because we hear it over and over and over again. Oh, about yeah. About how Maverick is a maverick. Yep. And Goose is just kind of there. <laughs> Maverick! And other guy, I guess? Goose, you're not so bad. They don't even remember Goose's name. He's just other guy. Uh, Maverick's friend. I don't even know. Ballast! (laughs) (laughs) Second seat. (laughs) End of second act tragedy man! Happily married family man who is clearly doomed from the moment. Oh, we, we don't see. know that yet. We don't find that out until more than an hour into this goddamn movie. Yeah. Well, as soon as we as soon as we find out, Goose is happily. Oh married. yeah, because that because later that night, something something his dad and Goose yeah. and family and something. Yeah, Maverick has some kind of unresolved daddy issue because his father disappeared in Vietnam. Right. Nobody yeah. will tell him what happened. 
Well, we don't find that out later. They just say it's something about your dad, and he's like, yeah. And then Goose is like, I need this job because of my family or something. Yeah. And then we cut to more school, in which uh, Creepy Moves Maverick <laughs> uses his Creepy Moves on Charlotte in class. Yeah. And they work. She invites him to dinner. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Remember, guys, uh, no means yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just be as big of an overbearing creep as you possibly can, and it'll work. That's right. So, uh, but first we have to cut to an extended volleyball scene. Yes, that is absolutely vital to the story and has to be It's here. absolutely vital to pad out this movie to make it um, uh, uh, feature running length. I, I actually have is. a theory about this this very famous volleyball scene where it's, yes. it's three buff shirtless guys and also Anthony Edwards. Um Playing ball, he he's wearing a shirt is what I meant. He's wearing a shirt. Okay. Well, um, he's the married one, so we're not supposed. That's to true. He's him. pure. That's true. He's yeah. pure. We're not supposed to be to be objectifying him. Um, right. But so the, and they play this sweaty beach volleyball game. And my theory mm-hmm. is, what is this scene doing in this otherwise in, like aggressively heterosexual macho movie? I think somebody involved in the production, be it the director, one of the producers, the writer, whoever, was doing this to trick the audience of jock meatheads who came to see this movie into watching softcore gay porn. Wow, thanks Quentin Tarantino for that astute they observation. They snuck it in. <laughs> they said we're going to we're going to we're going to put like air, you know fighter jets and macho bullshit all around it. Isn't then, it possible, Steve? Yes. Isn't it equally possible that they went Jesus, there's a there's a lot of metal dicks in this movie. Let's put in <laughs> some sweaty topless guys. For the girlfriends that have been drugged to the movie theater hey, to watch this movie. You know what? That's a much Because I'm gonna tell you this right now. I saw this movie when I was in high school with my girlfriend, and she moved uncomfortably in her seat when the scene came up. You know what? That's a much better theory than mine. Thank you. Anyway <laughs> Here's five minutes for the ladies. Uh he goes over to Charlotte's house. Mm-hmm. And he's late he's because like, he was playing sorry volleyball. I'm late because I had a really important volleyball game to play. <laughs> I'm sweaty, can I take a shower? No. Oh. <laughs> and then they sit down and they have a nice talk at dinner about him. Mm-hmm. Isn't she a great gal? She's a great gal. She'll just Whatever. sit there for however long this was and listen to him prattle on about himself. Yeah, and then Maverick gets nostalgic about his mom. And then they mention his dad again. Um, and apparently the big scandal is is that his dad disappeared during yeah. a combat maneuver. And he was a pilot too. And then he goes, I gotta go take a shower. And then he leaves. But then she shows up at the base wearing a hat and yep. a coat. Because this scene was shot later when her yeah. hair was changed. <laughs> yeah, she had dyed her hair for another movie. And they desperately needed this scene in there for some reason. Yeah, it's, I, they still don't kiss. Why? Yeah, I yeah, I I know this was like a late reshoot, but I still don't get why this is such an essential scene that they couldn't have just, you know, I mean they could have they could have fucking overdubbed these lines over like another shot of fucking planes taking off, and it would have been just fine. Whatever, I don't I don't care. Instead of making because it look like she's trying to sneak onto the base disguised as a dude, we're halfway through the movie and we finally get to meet goose's widow but only after an aids joke yeah yeah you got to have one of those in the 80s yeah you need to have an 80s aids During joke the, the most tragic <laughs> zenith of the aids epidemic i know let's joke about it oh. so now we have more flying stuff 
And uh, even when Maverick wins, he loses. <laughs> we have more stuff about Maverick not listening to people and stuff, and they're in a classroom, and then Charlotte says you didn't follow the textbook and even though you did the right you did your move one you still lost because you're dangerous <sighs> and now he doesn't like her because she's doing her job yeah, apparently he, he gets on his motorbike and he drives away like a baby Super fast, like yeah. Maybe. She she comes out because he 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 gets in a snit and and she's uh, she can obviously tell that he's like you know upset at her for being a teacher and critiquing his mm-hmm. performance and, and it caused several traffic accidents because she gets in her car and goes after him at high speed. Yeah, because because when she's trying to talk to him outside the school, he like revs up his his engine so that he can't hear her and just drives away. So she chases after him and she's like, "I'm gonna finish my sentence, you jerk." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she tells him and that then, she didn't want she she uh, she didn't want to compliment him too much in front of the other fighter pilots because she's afraid that, right. because she's afraid that they would see right through her that she's in love with them oh. and and then they kiss yeah they do and then cue up the blue tinted silhouette eighties sex scene yeah. The good old days. Uh-huh. And, oh, by the way, we've been teased with the song Take Your Breath Away yeah. for, like, I don't know, 15 minutes at this point. Oh, God. It's, they, like, taking over the soundtrack. They keep queuing it up in the background. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, just play the song. And then before you you start thinking, wow, that's a really cliched 86 scene, it gets worse because the next morning he's gone and he's left her a rose and a paper airplane. Yeah. Isn't that nice? And a pregnancy test. <laughs> and also that maybe she should get checked out. Yeah, you're gonna look. Here's a list of the uh, things that your doctor should look for in the blood work. Yeah, I am a sailor, and uh, it's been established that I sleep around. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have another live exercise. Except this time, it's Viper. Oh, uh oh. And yeah, and they've they've previously told us Viper is basically the best pilot ever. Yeah. yeah. Now Maverick is supposed to be someone's wingman during this live exercise. Mm-hmm. Guess what, Steve? He leaves his wingman behind, doesn't he? That's right, because Maverick does not listen, because he's a what? A a rebel. A bad pilot. Oh. Anyway, so... (laughs) He is many things. He contains multitudes. (laughs) And so he follows after Viper. Viper leads him to a trap, and he loses. Ha ha. And then uh, Iceman tells him again, look, you're dangerous. You don't listen. You're, You're bad. Um... He's right again, Iceman. Why aren't we following Iceman around? I don't understand this. He's just as arrogant as cocky, but he's he. I would much rather I trust Iceman a hell of a lot more than Maverick. Well, and and you know what else that makes it so ridiculous? Iceman is a better pilot. Yeah, he is. Iceman is is <laughs> is ahead because this this you know they're running this contest to see who like has, wins the trophy at the end of their eight week class session and Iceman uh-huh. is like in the lead the entire time and all Maverick yeah. does is fuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> now we get some more of Maverick's daddy issues I guess <laughs> and then we cut to a scene in which we see a child in a bar yeah yeah can you explain that to me Steve why is there a child in the bar uh, because because Goose and, and Mrs. Goose couldn't find a babysitter and they really wanted to hang out with Maverick <laughs> no. and Charlie Goose and the Widow Goose the widow. get it right <laughs> the, Meg Ryan as the Widow Goose 
<laughs> yeah, no, they couldn't find she a babysitter. She gets her five lines of dialogue for this movie in which uh, they don't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, yeah. But all, all she can seem to talk about is how awesome Maverick is. All anyone can talk about is how awesome Maverick is or how he doesn't listen. In fact, most of this dialogue is just about Maverick. Even when Maverick talks. Yeah. <laughs> It's to the point where, like, if if you saw two of the characters, you know, getting to the front of the line at a deli, and Goose orders like a you know a, a meatball parm sandwich, Maverick will be like, "Why wasn't he talking about me?" Yeah, exactly. What does that? I'm sorry. What does your sandwich have to do with me? Anyway, so we meet the widow Goose and the stupid little kid, and they're just singing and having a good time. And Goose is the widow Goose and Charlotte <laughs> talk briefly. And then uh, it's another live exercise. Yes, and, a um, faithful live exercise. Yeah, Iceman is is gonna get a guy, and uh, Maverick is the wingman. And they're like, "Let us get in there. We're gonna shoot." And they're like, "No." And they're like, "Let us get in there. We're gonna shoot." And they're like, "No." And then Iceman goes, "Okay, I'm gonna pull out." And he pulls out, and then, "Oh no, jet wash!" And then then that knocks out both of their engines. Yep. Uh oh. They go into a flat spin. And then something happens that should never happen because these planes are designed for this very thing to not happen. <laughs> but it does happen. Yeah. And it's not mentioned later on as to why this happened. It just happened. It just happens in which uh, they have to punch out of the out of the jet and the canopy launches off and then the, the chairs launch out and then Goose launches right into the canopy. Yeah. Oops. Which doesn't happen. <laughs> no, that's why they shoot the canopy off first. Yeah, the canopy shoots off and goes way far away, <laughs> and then, and then they launch out. But in in this movie, the canopy um, hovers about twelve feet above the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could. I mean, they had to figure out some way to kill Goose. <laughs> so Goose hits it, and then they land in the water. And Goose is dead. Uh Uh-oh. And everybody is sad. Especially Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, especially Maverick. And then Maverick is cleared of any wrongdoing because of stuff. And in the trial, they say, why was that cop hanging hanging over the the plane like that? I don't understand. (laughs) Shut up. Never mind. Out of the hundreds of times that people have... We've tested these things like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This has literally never, ever happened. We've called in an expert, Gus Grissom. Gus? <laughs> <laughs> the hatch just blew! <laughs> One day we will review the right stuff, oh, guys, and you'll get that joke. Boy, after watching this movie, it feels like we kind of have to at some point. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so uh, Maverick is cleared yeah. of all wrongdoing, but he's still super yeah. bummed. And uh, everyone's bummed. The widow goose is bummed, and she's like, "I, I he loved flying with you. I'm gone now. Bye bye." Yeah, and she leaves. <laughs> don't worry, Maverick. I don't blame you. Yeah, don't worry. I don't blame you at all. And then, uh, oh no, Maverick suffers from that '80s disease. He has lost his edge. Oh no, he's he's gonna go. He's gonna go like start a used car lot with Cougar or something. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, Maverick quits. Yep. You know, that thing you can do in the military. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You can just quit. You don't sign in. Yeah. You don't sign up for two to four years. Yeah. No, nope. yeah. you can just walk yeah. away. He's at a bar. Charlotte walks in. 
she's got a, that job in Washington that she mentioned that no one paid any attention to because it wasn't that didn't have something to do with Maverick. Yeah, and and actually when when I was watching it most recently, I completely missed that, and I thought that she was just bringing up some random thing yeah. that was never even mentioned. It was, I was like, oh, I'm going to take that trip to Mount Rushmore. I've always been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Because she, this character doesn't have an arc. No. This character is completely superfluous. <laughs> this character barely has a character. Yeah. So um, she comes in. Uh, her pep talk doesn't work. Uh, she's like, you're not an 80s man anymore. Goodbye. And um, Maverick then goes visits Viper at his mm-hmm. house. And he misses little uh, Mrs. Viper and all the little Vipers. <laughs> and uh, Viper comes down and he's like, I knew I flew with your dad. And uh, here's uh, here's the big secret. He shot down some fighter planes, and that's classified information for some reason. Because <laughs> he, I guess, because they were over the wrong country when they did it, or something. I think he mentions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, of course, the deep dark secret is your dad was a big hero. Yeah, because everyone uh, else has mentioned his father as yeah. if he was some huge scandal, and not just another pilot that died during Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, everything that happens to Maverick has to be unique and important. <laughs> so, uh, then he gets a pep talk from from Viper, who's like, nut up, son. <laughs> well, our job. A, well, here's what here's what Viper tells him, which we weren't which wasn't made clear until this scene. Viper says, Look, all you have to do is show up tomorrow and you graduate. You're yeah. done. You've done nothing makes... but fuck up. We've done nothing but criticize how you've been in this program. You have not won a single engagement because of your behavior. Everyone keeps saying two things. You're a great pilot, but. <laughs> right, right. But now the the program is over. And Maverick, even though all he has to do is turn up to graduate, he's still thinking, I'm going to quit. Like, what the hell? Just yeah, because show the up other one thing that day. we kind of gloss over is the fact that they try try to put him in the air and he's lost his edge and he keeps freaking out and his co-pilot's like you've lost your edge and he's like yeah. shut up and then then he you're not goose him. you're a black guy don't yeah. how dare you speak to me <laughs> and that and we keeps going back and forth but then after Viper reveals you know all that stuff and does a pep talk and tells him all he has to do is show up um, he shows up at the graduation ceremony. And uh, Iceman wins, because he should. Yeah, naturally. Uh-huh. And he cred- congratulates Iceman. But now, there's a crisis situation. Uh-oh. They say, there's a crisis situation. All of you guys are going to have to go back to the same aircraft carrier. Everybody in this class goes back to the same aircraft You're not going back to the aircraft carriers that you came from. You're no. all going back to your the one aircraft carrier. Yeah, you're going back to Maverick's aircraft you're carrier. going back to USS American Boner. And yeah, you're going to, because there's a crisis. Here's your papers. Everyone's going. Iceman and your co-pilot and, and Maverick, you're going by yourself. But if you need someone, I'll, I'll go with you, says Viper. And it's supposed to make make Maverick feel good because we care about Maverick's feelings. Of course we do. <laughs> of course we do. No, <laughs> actually, they... actually I, didn't, I didn't even catch this until I was reading stuff about the movie today. I, I, again, because the movie just isn't, it's not like written. Well, yeah. um, but, you know, the, uh, the the co-pilot that joins Maverick at the end here is is Merlin, Tim Robbins' character, yeah. who I guess was just sitting around with his thumb up his ass after Cougar quit, yeah. waiting for some other guy to lose his partner yeah. so he he's could have someone to fly with. He's, he's been sitting on the deck in the back seat of one of those jets, just like, well, you, you fellas going off on him? Okay, I'll just sit here. 
Doo-doo-doo. <laughs> I'm Merlin. So they go back to the USS American Boner, and they get the briefing, and, and one of our ships has um, drifted into foreign territory. Whose territory? What? Uh, Why? Huh? S- something bad. <laughs> Where? Oh, well. So anyway, they're afraid that it's going to get blowed up by bogeys that have ship-killing missiles. So let's launch people. So they launch Iceman and Hollywood, and they go off, and they're going to go, and then they see bogeys from, oh Badland- from Badlandia. Bo- bogeys plenty. Yeah, at first it looks like two, and then other other uh, other planes just seem to materialize out of fucking nowhere. It's like, there's two. Oh, no, there's four. Wait, no, now there's five. Where are they coming from? They're decloaking. They're de- <laughs> So then they launch Maverick, and Maverick goes out, and he's like, I'm going to come and save you, because what happens? Hollywood's ship gets blown up with a missile, and he punches out. And they don't hit the canopy. <laughs> no, it works perfectly. Yeah. But now they're all now they're crawling all over Iceman, and Iceman's like, help me! There's like five bogey, I'm going to get blown up, and, 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 and Maverick's like, here I come, and Merlin's like, I finally get to fly! And meanwhile, on the ship, they're like, we need to launch more ships, and the guy's like, oh, the carrier's broken, we can't do it. Like, what? Since when? He's <laughs> literally like, oh, we can't launch, and then Maverick's all by himself. Yeah. What, were you going to tell me that the catapult was broken, or were you just waiting? Yeah. Somebody should have told me. <laughs> and then they're, they're all flying around, and oh no, jet wash! Maverick experienced Maverick's old enemy, Jet Wash. Oh, damn it, my arch nemesis. But this time he's able to get back into control. He's having a cougar freakout moment. Remember, he's sweating. And then he looks down and he uses the magic that is in Goose's dog tags. Yes. To get his edge back. Yeah, he says, says, talk to me, Goose. (laughs) Use the force, Maverick. Oh, no! (laughs) I'm trapped in my dog tags! I didn't get to go back to the afterlife! Oh, no! Maverick, trust your feelings. Use the force, Luke. Wait, where am I? Turn off your targeting (laughs) computer, Maverick. Aim for the ocean, Maverick. (laughs) Fly it into the sea. So, Maverick gets his edge back, and he blows up a ship, and then Iceman blows up a ship, and America wins, and we're at war now, I guess. <laughs> Yay! We're at war with somebody. With Badlandistan, or Badlandia, yeah. or wherever, whatever hey, country yeah. it fucking was. <sighs> and somehow Coffee Guy, the guy at the tower that spilled coffee on himself, and wanted yeah. butts, yeah. is now in the tower on the aircraft carrier? Yeah, don't think about it too much. Because he does a victory lap, and when she buzzes the tower and he spills coffee on himself, and then they land, and everyone on the aircraft carrier comes running out, and they're cheering like you do in the military. Yeah, <sighs> and they're like, hey, we're at war, and <laughs> we're at war, and I hope Hollywood's okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh, they're fine. The, the, the helicopter landed and got them. Yeah, sure. And now Iceman and Maverick are friends, I guess. Yeah. And then we cut to a scene where Maverick is staring out at the ocean and he looks down at the dog tags and I guess he used up all the magic in them. Yeah, and he says, I'm sure Goose's kid wouldn't want these. <laughs> his son, who will who will grow up missing his father, his hero father who died That's in right. the military, he probably won't want these. Do- I'm just going to chuck these into the sea. Yeah, and then uh, we find out from uh, Strickland that... Uh, <laughs> 
that uh, he's on the front page of every newspaper, except that the country that we just had a aerial conflict with is denying that it ever happened. So, phew! Phew! Good save, screenplay. No international incident. <laughs> and uh, apparently this qualifies Maverick to go back to Top Gun to become an instructor. Y- yeah. What? <laughs> Yay. He wasn't number one at Top Gun. No. And He's all had he did one was engagement. fuck up. <laughs> all he did at Top Gun was fuck up. <laughs> he had one dogfight, and now he's going to Top Gun to be an instructor? As what? Cautionary tale? Don't yeah. be like Maverick? <laughs> Michael Ironside will come in, and, and he'll, he'll make sure he gets to class five minutes before Maverick shows up, and he'll say, all right. Don't do anything he says. If there's any justice, Michael Ironside is going to show up in his house at night and strangle him with a fucking belt. He's going to be like, quiet, quiet, quiet. Quiet. You've served your country. Quiet. Quiet. Hush now. It's kinder this way. Your father joined the communists. That's what they're not telling you. (laughs) Let that be the last thought before you die. Sleep, 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 sweet Maverick. <clears throat> oh, is that really the ending? No, it's not. No, he goes to a bar somewhere and Charlie's there. How? I don't know. How does she know where he is? I don't know. <laughs> Why is she there? How I does thought she, she know? went to Washington for her job. Not only She moved I... out of her house. The house was for sale. I guess she's going to live with Maverick now. No, no, I know I guess. I want answers, god damn it. I, well, Why how have... did she know he was in the bar? How did how did she know that song was gonna be in the jukebox? <laughs> Why is she back? She got her dream job. She's not back for Maverick. She can't be back for tell me she's not back for Maverick. I think she I, I kinda think she's back for Maverick though. Cause she 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 puts a quarter in the jukebox and she plays You've Lost That Love and Feeling, which, you know, brings us full circle in their relationship. I no, no. And Steve. she and she she stands in the trench that the production designer had to dig <laughs> on on the set so she wouldn't tower over Tom Cruise. The, I'm sorry guys, but that's true. That's a true story. <laughs> He's on an apple crate. Tom Cruise is 57, Kelly McGillis is 510. <laughs> but you'd never know it from this movie. <laughs> you can tell in some of the shots when when, when they're next to each other. Yeah. That she is, she is a, she is a handsome woman. Mm-hmm. By handsome, it means she could be a linebacker compared to Tom Cruise. Yes, she dwarfs Tom Cruise. <laughs> that, that's that's why they shot the love scene in silhouette, so you couldn't tell it was forced perspective. <laughs> so he didn't look like a leprechaun having sex with a giant <laughs> in that love scene. So we end the movie with them just kind of pawing at each other. Mm-hmm. They, they don't kiss, and we immediately dissolve cut to the end. <laughs> yeah, we we get a little review of the characters because we needed that. Because um, fuck me. <laughs> because they only established the names of like three of them. <laughs> like oh oh that was Wolfman. I thought that was Hollywood. Oh no, I thought no. Wait, no, wait. That's Merlin. Wait, that's Merlin. Tim Rock. So Tim Robbins was Merlin. Okay, which one's Goose? Oh, the dead one. I wanted the the final shot of Michael Ironside to be him standing in the bar with a shotgun leveled directly at Maverick. (laughs) 
Goose's shot, for his credit, should have been just his lifeless corpse parachuting into the sea. It should have been his dog tags slowly twirling down into the ocean. (laughs) Yes. 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 Uh, The end, Steve? Oh, the end. Oh, fuck me. God damn. Okay. Uh, Hey, Steve, how do you feel about this modern classroom? Not even modern. It's 40 years old. Oh, God. (laughs) It's 30 years old. 30 years old. How do you feel about this classic war jet fighter movie, mm-hmm. Top Gun? I feel grateful that it was on Hulu, so I didn't have to pay anything extra to watch it. Lucky. Um, I, I don't... I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't... I, I don't think it's good. Actually, uh-huh. I... It's... It's... it's it's strange because I had just watched this movie like last year. I watched it along with my wife because she uh, grew up where uh, her, her father would play the Top Gun soundtrack a lot in the car. So she heard like I'd Danger blow my Zone. brains out. I would <laughs> I would never go anywhere with my parents. If that was the she. Case. She still wakes up in a cold sweat, and you can tell it's <laughs> Danger Zone, isn't it? Yes. Um. <laughs> but so, but but she she couldn't remember ever seeing the movie. So we watched the movie last year, and at yeah. the time, I, I remember I, I didn't care for it. It had been a long time since I had seen it too, and it's just it's it's just not good. But then when I watched it for this this time, I don't know what has changed about that movie or about me in the last year. But man, it was so much worse this time. Well, I can I mean, tell you what changed. <laughs> what? You had to take it seriously. Uh, that's true. I had to pay attention to it for yeah. It's true, but I mean, it's it's not even because there look there are a lot of movies, there are a lot of bad movies that are entertainingly bad, and and there yep. were a lot of them from the eighties, and a lot oh, yeah. of them were were in this 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 same genre, you know, like like the 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 later Rambo movies, you know, or like Delta Force, or pretty much any Chuck Norris movie from the eighties is so terrible, like it's entertaining just because it's just you're like, wow, how did this get made? This is awful, right? Um. Or like the best one, the best example ever, Roadhouse with Patrick mm-hmm. Swayze, like one of the great, so bad it's good movies ever. But Top Gun just it doesn't it doesn't even fit in that category, because the thing about it that I noticed watching it this time is just how fucking boring it is. Yep, it's so damn boring. It's unbelievable for a movie as jacked up and full of testosterone as this movie is and oh the fighter planes and the and the military and these fighter jocks, you know, competing with each other and oh they're mm-hmm. just so aggressive and competitive and it's just so fucking boring. Yeah. I don't there's no reason that I can see to give a shit about anything that happens in this movie. I don't care about anybody. I don't I certainly don't care about Maverick and I certainly don't get I don't understand the way the other characters in the movie react to Maverick because it's not established through anything on screen other than people just saying things. We're told mm-hmm. a lot of things about Maverick that are never demonstrated. Because yeah. as as I said and I I mean it's not even a joke as I said during our our synopsis just now, all he does at Top Gun is fuck up. 
All yep. he does is fuck up. He's insubordinate. He mm-hmm. doesn't win any of the challenges. Nope. Uh, he breaks the rules repeatedly. He's uh-huh. chewed out by his teachers and his superior officers repeatedly. Like, but but they keep saying, "Damn, you're you're a fine pilot." But we never see that. Yeah. He's all we see him do is fucking up. And yet everybody is like so impressed with him. And it's all about like, oh, you're just you're not living up to your potential because you're so impetuous and you just can't play by the rules. And mm-hmm. oh, if only you could play by the rules then you would be this fantastic pilot and you just you never see that you hear people saying that but you never see that nope and he has he has absolutely no personality other than just being cocky uh no redeeming qualities than i that that i can see the 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 only redemptive sort of act that he does is when he goes back to make sure uh that the other guy uh, Cougar gets back safe at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only somewhat selfless thing you see him do. There's, yeah. there's, this, there's that that scene when you know he throws a, a temper tantrum after after Charlie uh, criticizes him in class, and then she chases him down, and they have that argument by the side of the road, and he's like, "I'll have you know that when I'm flying, my my crew and my plane come first. And you're like, since no. when? Yeah, when did when did that happen? That that we we that we we have no reason to believe that he just says that, and 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 it's it's presented as though we're supposed to believe him, mm-hmm. and it's but but you always see him doing the exact opposite of that. Like yeah. if there's it's such a poorly written movie, and you know there. I mean, Tom Cruise. This is still relatively early in his career. He'd been, you know, he had been around for seven or eight years at this point, but this is still relatively early in his career, as it, as it turns out. Um, and he tries, you know, there's a, there's that scene after Goose dies where Tom Cruise tries his best to convince us that Maverick has human emotions. Yeah. And he almost gets there, but there's just nothing to work with. I mean, there's, nope. there's, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a movie with a central character that is just absolutely. Uh, dull and and without any redeeming qualities. There's no reason to root for him. He has a really weird character arc where <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't actually learn anything or change except for the thing at the end where he actually has to say in dialogue because there's no way we would ever fucking get it any other way. I'm not leaving my wingman. So yeah. it's like, okay, oh, I get it. He lost. He left his wingman that one time, and now he's not going to leave. Thank you, line of dialogue, for explaining mm-hmm. to me what is happening, because there's no way I could have figured it out without that. Um, but it's like, okay, so he's he's training to graduate flight school so he can come back and become an instructor at flight school. Like, yeah. that's just a really weird character arc <laughs> for this guy who's supposed to be this hero fighter jock, mm-hmm. you know? And so that doesn't really work. And just, I mean, other than other than the writing and the performances, um, and just how full of shit the movie is, and how up the military's ass it is, just mm-hmm. unapologetic, just blatant pro-military propaganda porn. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 fighter jet scenes are surprisingly poorly presented. I mean, yeah. the, I mean the, the way they're shot. Just if you can just isolate individual shots, it's kind of impressive because there's a lot of real like fighter work being like they 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 filmed real fighter planes doing stuff, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. But the way it's edited, it's impossible to tell anything that's going on. 
in any of the fighter scenes. It's impossible yeah. to know where anybody is in relation to each other, mm-hmm. except for that fucking terrible special effect shot where he's upside down over the other plane, <laughs> which sticks out like a sore thumb because it's yep. obvious that it's just been composited, you know, with, from two shots. And they never and, did it in on screen, in camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... It, so, I mean, on a technical level, on an editing level, it's, it's confusing and terrible whenever they're in the planes. Um, on the on the writing level, it's it's just completely pointless, mm-hmm. um, and it's just I, I, I just it's just boring. It's just a boring movie, and the fact that this movie was so successful, just like I said about Armageddon, this is a movie that should have been like a canary in a coal mine. We should have seen the Trump thing coming. <laughs> that this movie, this this awful, boring, fucking full of shit movie was such a huge hit. We should have been people more people should have been like, "Oh man, something's wrong." <laughs> like <laughs> there's something wrong and this something really bad is going to happen because of this. Like this should not be this popular of a movie. Um but anyway, that's 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 that that's my two cents. Just a really bad, shitty, boring movie. Right. Here's my overall problem with the film. And I agree with you. It is boring. It's a pretty goddamn boring movie. Mm. Um but my main problem with it is is that, um, yeah, we know that Maverick's the main character because almost every line of dialogue is about him. Yeah, yeah that's and, true. And that's not an exaggeration. It's someone either reacting to him, talking about him, or something along those lines. Everyone else in the movie does not matter. Period. I know we're supposed to get upset that Goose is dead, but we only are only supposed to get upset by how it affects Maverick, not Goose's mm. widow, which is thrown in there only to give make gooses just in case we don't give a fuck about Maverick maybe we'll give a fuck about this widow who has had like three lines of dialogue oh and he has a little kid too we don't see the little kid crying we don't see the little kid go you killed my daddy Maverick (laughs) yeah but the other thing that really bothers me in regards to this uh, aside from the character centric script and the completely useless characters that are around it, who are only there to make commentary on what did we establish? Maverick. Maverick is is, is doesn't follow rules. He, he he he's he's a maverick. <laughs> yeah. And then he learned. I mean, there is a kind of arc there where he he breaks all the rules and he does all this stuff, and then eventually he learns how to follow the rules. Kind of, I guess. It took his his best friend to die to do for that to happen. <laughs> So take that to the take that away, kids. Remember, if you don't follow the rules, you'll learn your lesson when your friend dies, and then you'll be super great. I guess I don't. I don't know. What bothers me the most about this script, aside from the laziness of only writing about one single character, is how lazy it is in portraying naval aviators, the military, and more importantly, flying. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a look at some of the laziest part of this. Fucking script, shall we? Number one, to be a naval aviator, you have to fucking go to college. Mm-hmm. You have to get a degree. No one in this movie, not a single one of the navy naval aviators that we saw in this movie, seems to have even known. They, they, it's like they they went from riding motorcycles out on a dirt track to becoming pilots. Yeah. All right. None of them seem to have any, uh, especially the main ones, seem to have any of the uh, military training required for them to be in the position that they're in, okay? They all seem to be about 22 years old. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fucking bullshit, by the way. You can be a naval aviator well into your 30s, okay? 
but none of all of them seem to be frat boys. Frat boys with multi-million dollar machines. Okay? So there's a little bit of that that I have a problem with. <laughs> Number two, the actual flying requires them to not only be physically fit, but also focused. Every time we're in one of the cockpits, I'm fairly certain that they think that the co-pilot that sits behind the pilot is primarily there to look around and panic. (laughs) That's it. Because every time they talk, they're talking, there's one right behind us, there's one on my 50, there's one on my 15. If anyone has ever listened to flight recordings of actual pilots engaged in actual uh, actual fighting... You never hear them panicking. No. They are always straightforward. They are always on the job. They have been trained by the military to not do that shit. But apparently, these best of the best guys freak out every time they engage uh, engage the enemy. <laughs> I have listened to flight recordings of pilots in really hairy situations, and they don't lose their fucking cool. No. Oh, well, dude, the guys who landed on the moon... Were yeah. as cool as a cucumber. Okay, let, 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 let's do this. Apollo thirteen. Okay, oh, in yeah. Apollo thirteen, when their ship explodes, yeah, it's like they're reporting that they got gum stuck to their ship. Oh yeah. If you've ever if you've ever heard the original Apollo thirteen flight recordings and contrasted it to like the readings that they did in the Apollo thirteen movie, like mm-hmm. Tom Hanks did a nice dramatic read of Houston, we oh, have yeah. a problem. The uh-huh. real Jim Lovell, it was like Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, and you know what Jim Lovell was? He was a fucking naval aviator. <laughs> You're goddamn right he was. So then I have a so I have a little bit of a problem with that. The other thing I have a problem with is the actual physics of the flying in which when you bank hard in one of those goddamn machines going at speed, you pass out. Yeah. You're trained to be able to withstand that by doing what they call hook. And what you do is when you're about to bank and pull, I don't know, a million G's, <laughs> you start at the word hook and you go hook. And when you get to the K, you suppress it and you force blood up into your brain so that you don't pass out. These guys are making maneuvers and, twer- and turns at speed that normally would have blanked them out. And the most we ever see is, is, is um, Maverick blink a little bit mm. after making a hard turn. So this movie underplays the real dangers of flight. It then turns people who actually do this into panicky fuckheads whenever they get, in, whenever they get into an engagement. And I'm supposed to sit there and go, oh, wow, this is exciting. I can't wait to join. This, act- this movie actually prompted people to want to become pilots. And yeah. people went to the Navy and went, how do I want to be one of them? How do I become one of them? Well, first you go to college for four years. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need a bachelor's of science. You're going to need a bachelor's of science, then you can join the military. Well, I can quit anytime I want, right? No. no. <laughs> you're joining the military. <laughs> but then I fly all the time and I engage in battles. Well, currently we're not engaged with anybody anywhere. Which is going to be the reason why the screenwriters had to make up some country that they don't even bother to fucking name in the movie. You think we're making a joke about Badlandia? It is never named. We cut to scenes of the pilots in the planes, but they have their face masks on and they have their their, their sunscreens pulled down so that they're just like big insects inside the the airplanes. There's no nationality, nothing. They might as well be aliens. Yeah. So now we downplay... What can happen when these U.S. fighter pilots engage the Air Force of another country? 
and we just kind of blow, brush it off. Oh, well, we just needed it to be in the movie so that they'd have something to do because it would be a really boring movie if they were doing nothing on an aircraft carrier and then they go to flight school and then they go back doing nothing on an aircraft carrier, <laughs> which is what was actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> because taking off and landing from an aircraft carrier is probably the most dangerous thing that they do. And uh, we don't want people to think that. Guys, landing on an aircraft carrier is you're basically trying to land a plane on something that's moving up and down in swells in the ocean. Yeah. On a, on a shortened runway. It's difficult. But you wouldn't know that from this fucking movie, would you? <laughs> no, no. This movie makes it look awesome. Everything looks so awesome. Oh, man. So my overall problems with the movie, not only is it unrealistic, it's not fun unrealistic. Yeah. They play it off as if this is real this is real stuff. And it's not. This is fiction. Top to bottom. Yes, there is really a top gun school. Yes, there are things that are called aircraft carriers. Yes, we have pilots. <laughs> yes, there is a navy. Called, that are called naval aviators. <laughs> yes, there are human beings that populate the planet Earth. <laughs> but as far as the behavior and the way the military is portrayed and the way flying is portrayed and the fact that this entire movie is centered on a single character that we don't give a fuck about. That is Maverick. I dare you guys. If you didn't watch this movie before listening to this review, go find Top Gun, sit down, and write down lines of dialogue that don't pertain to Maverick. You might get Tom Skerritt's little monologue when they first arrive at Top Gun school, but after that, everyone's talking about Maverick. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That should have been the name of the goddamn movie. Everybody's talking about Maverick. That should have been the name of the film. Everybody loves Maverick. And don't get me wrong, I love cheesy, um, stupid movies, but this movie wasn't made to be a cheesy, stupid movie. This mm. movie was made to be um, something, I don't know, a drama, I guess, about pilots based on a news article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the movie fails. It is boring. Uh, you know, you said that there are some amazing shots as far as the, the dog fighting sequences. They were actually pretty flat. I found a lot of the flying sequences pretty flat. They didn't do anything nearly with the camera that you could to make the, the fighting sequences more dynamic. They were they were a confused mess. Yeah. You're absolutely right. They were a confused mess. A lot of the shots that they show of the planes flying around, the actual stunt pilots flying around in the MiGs... Um, they don't seem to be doing anything that corresponds with what they're talking about in the film. A lot of really tight close-ups of planes, of, of jets flying past, you know? Yeah. But we can't connect where they are as far as the, how they're flying and all that other stuff. It's just a big... It's cut very frenetically so that we get the sense of action, but we don't understand what that action is, usually. We have to then rely on the panicky dialogue from the people that are in the cockpits. So in the end, but I don't care about the main person... And I find the dialogue insipid and boring. And I don't like the way it portrays our military. And I don't like the way it portrays naval aviators primarily. And I hate the fact that they underplay the actual real things about flying that are actually interesting to me. How am I supposed to like the fucking movie? (laughs) I didn't like it when I was 16 years old. I especially didn't like the way it made my girlfriend squirm in her seat during the volleyball seat. (laughs) Because I remember it to this goddamn day. I'm 48 years old. I shouldn't be holding on to it, but I still am. What's my takeaway from that movie? It made my girlfriend uncomfortable. (laughs) And not uncomfortable as in, oh, I don't like this movie. Uncomfortable as in, I wish I wasn't watching this movie with my boyfriend. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish I could masturbate. <laughs> well, that hadn't crossed my mind until just now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, no, I don't like it. Steve, classic, not classic. Oh, not classic. And right, uh, not of, classic. Of, of all of the movies we've reviewed in this series that are considered you know, generally speaking, to be classics. Yeah. And, and, and I think this is one. I mean, uh, this movie was selected by the National Film Registry. I mean, this is, you know, considered by many, many people to be a classic movie. But of all mm-hmm. of the movies, of all of the movies we've reviewed that are considered classics, this has to be one of the top two or three where it's like, I just do not get it at all. That's like, right. I just don't get it. Not classic. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And now we're going to move on to movies that we like. Now we're yeah. going to move on and talk about movies that we're going to review, recommend that we like. Right, Steve? That's right. What movie are you going to recommend that you like, Steve? Uh, I couldn't resist. I have to recommend a movie that makes fun of this movie. Oh, God. Um, my recommendation is uh, Hot Shots. Oh. Which, for some reason, came out five years after Top Gun. It was like they just sort of re- they just decided, hey, let's do a spoof of Top Gun. Really? It's like 1990. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So they did it. And it's, it's, it's half an hour shorter, and it's a Yay. lot more fun. Um, it's, 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 of course, uh, starring Charlie Sheen and uh, Carrie Elwes as the equivalents of, of Maverick and Iceman. And it also has Lloyd Bridges and Valeria Galino and uh, Christy Swanson. And it was directed by Jim Abrams, who was one of the co-directors of Airplane, which is a much better movie than this. Yep. Um, Airplane, I think, I think whenever, whenever the, the Abrams and the Zucker brothers split up uh they weren't quite as good as they were when they were together and actually i kind of think the zucker brothers are better on their own than they than jim abrams <laughs> is on his own but none, nonetheless hot shots is one of the movies that w- came about when the the zazz team sort of went their separate ways after airplane and it's i it's still one of my sort of guilty pleasures i, I really enjoy hot shots and it does take uh, it does directly spoof quite a bit of Top Gun, and there's there's other mm-hmm. stuff in here too. They throw stuff. There's like dances with wolves jokes and Rocky jokes. You know, there's mm-hmm. it's just a lot of random shit. Um, but it's but it it does a good job of lampooning Top Gun and sending it up and showing you know what a ridiculous movie Top Gun was. Um, and it's 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 funny and it's a lot shorter, and you get to see Lloyd Bridges play a a Navy admiral who probably should be forcibly retired um, because he's 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 just not doing well at all uh, but yeah so there you go that's that's my review if you if, if you watch Top Gun and you think oh this movie's so full of shit uh, watch Hot Shots because it does a decent job of making fun of it yay I'm gonna recommend a movie too that makes fun of this movie oh boy it's not Hot Shots though okay well good because I just did that one as everyone knows, I recommend a movie from the same year and has kind of the same theme. And the same theme here is that, yeah, <clears throat> this one has uh, fighter pilots in it and fighter planes. Oh, boy. But this movie was fucking ridiculous and knew it. And the movie I'm going to recommend, a little movie from 1986 starring Louis Gossett Jr. Ooh. And fuck all anybody else. Oh, boy. <laughs> And that movie is Iron Eagle. <laughs> uh, such a better movie. It is so much better, and here's why. 
Iron Eagle is stupid. It's one of the stupidest movies you could possibly see. Want to know what the plot is? A kid's father is captured by bad guys in another country. I think I even named the country. I know. I don't remember. But here's here's what they do. The government goes, we can't get him back. And kid goes, oh yeah, fuck you. <coughs> and they steal... <laughs> They steal an American fighter plane with Louis Gossett Jr.'s help, and they go in and they rescue the dad, and there's a bunch of fighting with the fighter pilot. It's over the top, it's ridiculously stupid, it's got a soundtrack by Queen, and that's why I like it more than this fucking movie. Because I don't have to take it seriously at all whatsoever. They're not trying to be realistic about about being on Earth, much less (laughs) being realistic about the Air Force or anything else. It is stupid, and I completely agree with what the Los Angeles Times said about the movie. They gave it a bad review. I'm giving it a good review because I enjoy watching it. It is some of the, one of the stupidest movies you can possibly imagine. I'm not saying go watch it if you want to watch a serious movie about aviators. But here's what the Los Angeles Times said. It says, it achieves a kind of perfection of awfulness that only <laughs> earnest effort can produce. And I completely agree with that. What they meant, and what they meant as an insult, I say with praise. They tried. They tried with their meager budget. And someone said, I want to make a movie where a teenager flies a fighter plane to save his dad from Afghanistan or some other country. And someone greenlit it, and I'm glad they did, because if I had to choose between Top Gun and this, I'd watch this fight. And it has Louis Costa Jr. in it. Yeah. The only way Iron Eagle could get better is if it had Michael Ironside. Ooh. <laughs> As the plane. <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr. just sitting on Michael Ironside with his arms <laughs> no, stretched he's the out. Voice of the, he's the voice of the plane. Because oh, so. remember, the 80s was also the decade of vehicles that had intelligence. Oh, that's true. So he would be like, he would be like the, the version of Kit in the plane. Exactly. A I seething gotcha. ball of hatred is the AI for this, for this jet. <laughs> oh, that would be... That, that, you're right. That would have made it better. And it has a little screen, and the screen has Michael Ironside's digitized face in it, which is just, you know, a bad green, you know, they just filmed him talking. <laughs> what do you think you're doing, kid? <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, Iron Eagle. Boom. And that's it for this. No more airplanes, Steve. Okay, yeah. No more, no more. What are we going to do next time? Well, I mean, you don't want to do um, you don't want to do airplanes, but what what about I don't a, even want to do anything on Earth. What about a movie that has a little bit of spaceship? <laughs> okay, not a right. lot. It's not like mainly about the spaceship, but there's a little okay. spaceship in it. All right, I don't want to even watch anything with people. Well, I'll, I'll, then this is this is going to be great. Okay, because I mean, there's very few act. There's very few people in this. Okay. There's a it lot of, so okay. Yeah, there's a lot of characters, but there's very few humans. As long as there's no jet planes and there's not a whole lot of people, and I think we'll be happy. What movie are you thinking uh, of? Well, I was actually kind of thinking of uh, a little movie uh-huh. from the 60s Okay. called The Planet of the Apes. Oh, good idea. It, it wasn't my idea. Was it mine? It was your idea. Oh, that's right. I'm a genius. I'm, 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 I'm breaking the fiction of the show right now. Hey, guys, we're going to review Planet of the Apes, and not just because there's another Planet of the Apes movie out right now, but nope. also because we want to review it, because it is a classic movie. Isn't that right, Steve? I would say it definitely is. Yes, absolutely. So you heard it here first, guys. We want you to go out and put your stinking paws on Planet <laughs> of the Apes and watch it before yeah. our next review. 
That way you can get all of her monkey jokes. Yeah, and 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 if you're watching it with someone who hasn't seen it, please do not spoil the shocking twist ending. No, oh, you mean the where it's at Earth all the the whole time? Yeah, exactly. Don't don't say that to the person. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Don't you know? If you haven't seen it, be surprised that you know because that's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, wait, right, end. right. When when the shot pulls back really quick at the end, yeah. and it's the Statue of Liberty. Like that's that's going to be a surprise. So don't right. You know. So don't yeah. In fact, don't listen to the end part of this. <laughs> Forget that you heard this. Take a hammer, hit your head until you forget. (laughs) Bang your head into a concrete floor really hard. God knows I did after watching Top Gun. (laughs) And it didn't work. You still remembered it, clearly. Unfortunately, that's all I can remember now. I don't don't remember my wife's face, but I remembered (laughs) Tom Cruise and Top Gun. (laughs) All right, that's it. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, for Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives reminding you of the theme of this movie, as expressed by Maverick. You don't have time to think up there. If you think, you're dead. Oh, is that was that the theme of the movie? I think it probably was. No, the theme of the movie is Maverick is awesome. Okay, because I thought if you think you're dead was the instruction they were giving the audience when they were coming in to see it. <laughs> don't think. <laughs> You'll kill yourself. They had they had Tom Cruise lookalikes in flight suits stationed outside of every theater entrance. <laughs> Don't think if you think you're dead. <laughs> you're in for about two hours of pain. Here, have some alcohol. Dull your senses. <laughs> Just pour it. Get the get the large Coke. I'll ask him to only fill half of it. The rest is the rest is all whiskey. Just turn this <laughs> bottle upside down, buddy. <laughs> and then guzzle. Girls, you can turn off your brain for about a good hour until the volleyball scene. Yeah, there's going to be a volleyball game you might want to watch, but after that, you're good. You get two minutes. That's it. The rest is all Maverick. No thinking. Ah, but I was wondering, how does this pertain to our current Cold War situation that we're having with Russia? That... Take him to the side. <laughs> Bad. That sounds like thinking. You don't get to come in here. Get out. Get, get lost, thinky. Any other thinkies? Eh, no refunds, by the way. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.